This is a DGSR Media podcast, your gateway to engaging discussions and insightful content. To discover our newest episodes and a wealth of additional resources, please visit our website at www.dgsrmedia.com. Now relax, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Gospel Inc. Today we're excited to introduce the author of Better Than I Imagined, Transformed by the Love of God. Their journey from a challenging marriage and personal struggles to finding profound hope and transformation through faith is truly inspiring. They'll share insights on moving from a lukewarm Christian to a deep personal relationship with Jesus and how a bold move from New Jersey to Texas was insurmountable step in their spiritual journey. Join us for a powerful testimony about finding God in the details of life and experiencing His transformative love. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. You bet. We're so happy to have you with us here today. So can you do this, right? Can you share with us your personal journey with faith? How did your relationship with Christianity begin and how has it evolved over time? Absolutely. So, you know, I was raised Catholic. My parents made us go to church. We went to Sunday school um, every week. And uh, we had the crosses all around the house. We had saints. So I definitely grew up with a good foundation. Um, and, and I loved God when I was a kid. I remember praying over everything. You know, when my stomach hurt, I ate too much candy. I prayed, oh, God, help me, you know, help my stomach feel better. <laughs> um, and I, I was always praying. And, and really throughout my, um, you know, my younger, younger years into my teen years. And then I would say, like, once I got out of high school, I kind of had a little bit of freedom and kind of ran with it and that's when i started wavering a little bit in my faith i I won't say that i didn't believe in god it was just like that my my dreams and my desires kind of trumped um what i what i knew about him right like it was it was more about me less about him and i continued like that for quite a while um you know i i did go to college and you know party like a lot of people did and I did have, you know, multiple sexual partners um, when I was, you know, in college and, and that age. And I really kind of went against everything that I learned, you know, as a kid. And I think that it was because I didn't really have a deep love for God at the time. I really, I grew up fearing him more. Um, you know, my mom would always say things like, I'm not watching you, but, but God is. So I, I loved him, but I think I had more of a fear as well. You know, I, I didn't want to go to hell. That fear didn't prevent me from, you know, doing those things that I probably shouldn't have. And as I got older, um, I made some poor decisions and I married someone I probably should not have. And um, it's funny because I really think God was guiding me not to marry him. Uh, you know, I, I had asked for a sign and he gave it to me and uh, I, I didn't listen, uh, what, you know, which he knew I would do anyway. But it was during my marriage that I really became very hopeless. Um, I, I couldn't help myself. I didn't see a way for anyone else to help me out. Um, my husband was, you know, at the time I didn't realize, but emotionally abusive. I know I was just never good enough. He would, you know, when we get into arguments, he would just have these explosive fights. He would break things in the house. And I later found out that he had a prescription drug problem, which, you know, probably contributed to all that as well. But I got to the point where I, I really just, I just felt hopeless. I, I didn't see my life improving. I didn't see it going anywhere with him. And I was mad at myself that I kind of allowed this to happen. You know, I, I really thought that I knew better. 
so I, I just called out to God and I said, God, I, I know I made a mess of my life. I, I have hadn't listened to you, but I really, I, I need your help because I was just, I was just in such a bad spot. Um, and I just didn't know how to get out of it. So at that time I, I recognized, you know, as I look back on my life that I only reached out to him when I need him, needed him. So it was always like an emergency contact. Oh, you know, I, I'm in this predicament. Can you get me out of it? And I really felt throughout my life, you know, despite my lack of obedience and, and honoring God, that he always showed up for me. And so in this moment, you know, when I was at my lowest point and I reached out, I said, I, I had this intention, you know what, I really need to be a better, a better daughter, a better friend to God, right? I needed to have a, a relationship with him. So as I was reaching out for help, I was also setting an intention that I know I need to have a better relationship with you. I don't know how I'm going to get there, what that's going to look like, but I, I do have that intention in my heart. So, you know, fast forward, um, he guided me and it was hard because, you know, no one in my family had ever been divorced and divorce, it was, you know, it's frowned upon in the church and, and, um, you know, that's part of, that's part of the reason why I thought maybe I should stay. But, um, I realized that, you know, God is a, a loving and merciful God and, and he, he wanted better for me. You know, this, this wasn't, this wasn't going to be how my life turned out. So um, eventually, I, I left my ex-husband and um, you know moved back up closer, you know, north to my family, and and just had this intention in my heart that I really want to I want to be closer to him. And I didn't really know how to go about doing it, but I really feel that he he kind of revealed step by step. You know, when when time was ready, he gave me the next step, and it started out as simply as me reading this book. Um, it's called Jesus Calling. Uh, I think by Sarah Young, and I would just read the devotional every day, and I just made it a point to kind of connect with him and focus on him every day. And um, you know, I really thought things were going to get better at that point because I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm I want to know God. I've got past all that mess, and my personal life just didn't get much better." Um, so it was a little bit of a struggle because I, I guess, I had this misunderstanding that oh, if I knew God better, right, things, my life would kind of be better. So um, I did remain faithful, though. I, I knew that I was on the right path, and that even though things were still a little bit bumpy, God was gonna—he was gonna see me through. And um, things did get better. And um, when I, I really think the catalyst for, yes, the catalyst for the change was my divorce. That was kind of like the turning point. But when I moved from New Jersey to Texas, I really think that's when all the change really happened, and when I really started to grow it in my faith. So I'm curious, right? You you mentioned that you married your ex-husband even though you really thought you shouldn't have. And God even gave you a sign and said basically don't do this. What was that sign? Right? What how did God speak to you at that time? It, I mean it was it was so clear as day. We were, you know, we were fighting a lot and um I would go to church here and there and I went to um went to church and I left church and I, I sat at Starbucks with a coffee. And I said, you know, God, um, if I found out he was cheating on me, I would leave him. That would be like, that would be, that would make me really make a, a strong decision to leave him. And, um, and I, I went home and um, my husband, he must have popped some pills, maybe had a couple of drinks and uh, he was a little comatose. And, you know, we had gotten to an argument and then he kind of passed out. 
And I so happened to notice that his phone was charging upstairs um, in our bedroom. And I had watched him uh, enter his password, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. So it was perfect timing. So I, uh, I put in his password. And as soon as I started scrolling through his text messages, um, I found texts like obvious that he was cheating on me. I did kick him out that night. And, um, and I felt a sense of relief, like, ah, oh, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. This, this just peace and relief and that it's, I made a decision and I was so grateful, you know, that God had showed me that. Um, and this time, I mean, it was just, it was right away. It, it wasn't like he didn't even waste any time. Slowly though, over the, up, you know, over the next coming weeks, he was my boyfriend at the time and, uh, he was living with me. Um, he, he just kind of eased his way back into the relationship. Um, you know, he kind of lied a little bit, manipulated. He, you know, said that he was going to change and he did. I mean, he became a different person for almost the next year. Um, he, I said, I want, it was like every demand I made, he wanted to meet. So he would come to church with me. He, um, received his sacrament because I said, if you want to get married, I want to get married in the church. So, Mm -hmm. He um, he received all his sacraments, and he seemed like a different person. So I thought, I start think, well, maybe maybe that you know finding this out was a way for him to to change. It was like a wake up call. So I accepted him back in my life. We got married, and things really went downhill um, very shortly after we got married. Do you think your ex husband was a Christian? Uh, he claimed to be, but I. I you know, I'm, I'm learning now that anyone can say that they're a Christian, right? I mean, at times I think I was hypocritical. You know, I said to be a Christian, but when you say you're a Christian, like, what are you doing? What are you saying that proves that? You know, if, if you have Jesus in your heart, and that's why I know now, then there's certain things you're, you're not going to do or you're going to try to be better. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, he said he was, but... His actions spoke, you know, said otherwise. I think sometimes in life, you know, just generally speaking as people, we can we can outwardly try to make changes if we think that's what somebody else wants, right? But we're not making those changes for ourselves or for God in order to improve our lives. And it's usually, in my experience, just a very short stopgap. And then soon after the curtain is raised, right, and you see the real person that's standing before you. And that's always difficult. Right, because I've seen it in my life as well. It's always difficult to see who the true person is, who they've been hiding behind uh, yeah. during those times. Right, and you said it happened very quickly after you got married. Was it months, weeks, years? How long did it take? No, it was a few months. It was a few months. You know, and it's funny because the week before I got married, I remember crying in my kitchen to my my very dear friend, saying, "You know." I just don't, this doesn't feel right. Like something tells me I just shouldn't marry this person. And, you know, she just assured me that it was butterflies. Everybody feels that way before their wedding. But I really knew better in my heart. But I had spent so much, I had invested so much time in him and planning the wedding and all this money we spent. And I felt like I had to kind of follow through with it. Shortly after we got married, about a month later, my dad had a, a very bad accident. He had Parkinson's disease and um, he loved he loved he was very handy and he loved taking care of the house and he decided to go on the roof to clean the gutters and he fell off um and i mean broke several ribs off his sternum and concussion and a lot of internal bleeding and uh i remember that the day that happened my my husband showed up at the hospital and um my family had been there you know for a good part of the day 
So I said, you know, you guys go home. I'll stay with dad overnight. And I asked him to stay with me. And he said, no, I'm exhausted. I've been working all day. And I was like, here I am. Like my father's on, you know, fighting for his life. And I'm asking you to support me. And you couldn't even just stay there with me in the hospital. And that was the first of many just incidences that kind of just piled up uh, and showed me his true colors. Um, yeah. And what was the the cataclyst for change, right? I think we talked a little bit about it, but what was the cataclyst for change that says, you know what, either I can do better or deserve more or God's leading me in a different direction? I think it's when I found out that he was he had a prescription drug problem. Um, I said, to, I really... I was not equipped to handle that and know what to do. And I had said to God, I want to help him. You know, maybe I, I was kind of making excuses. I said, maybe this is the reason why he is the way he is. Maybe he's had this problem the whole time, you know, and I'm just thinking he's being a jerk. So I said, it was like, it was about November. I said, I'm going to give him another year. I'm going to do everything I can to help him in this year. And I said, but I don't want to, I don't want to waste my life and you know, this, this precious life that, that God gave me, gave me, I don't want to waste it on, on this. So I said, um, give me a year, God, let me, let me do the best I can in this year. And, um, if I'm in the same boat in a year from now, do like, help me to get out of it, show me the way. And it was literally a, almost a year, like to the date mm. and, um, things had not gotten better. They had gotten worse, matter of fact. And, um, yeah. And, and I said, you know, I was praying and, and God was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And this, this plan kind of just popped into my head. I executed it and I, and I felt like almost, I don't want to say that I didn't have a choice, but I felt that every time I hesitated or was, you know, tr maybe wanted to give him another chance, I felt this little nudge, almost like the Holy Spirit just nudging me to, to keep looking forward, keep moving forward. Um, and I had this vision pop in my head that like I kind of, I'm walking on this road and I look back and, and someone, I just feel someone like kind of just turn me around and just kind of push me forward. And what happened next? So we separated for a few months and again, I wanted to kind of wait and see, hey, maybe this is a wake up call, give them another opportunity. I, I always wanted to give people the benefit of the doubt. My mom, she really taught me to kind of see the good in people and always give people the benefit of the doubt and forgive. So, and, and I really didn't want to get divorced. I mean... That's not something I wanted to do. Um, so we separated and I said, I'm going to give him a few months and, and see what he does. And at first he was apologetic, but you know, it, it was it reminded me of when he had cheated on me and how he kind of changed his personality to, to make things right. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to hang tight and be patient and wait and see what happens. And um, sure enough, just, he started doing things, uh, kind of, he cleared our bank account, whatever we had left in our, our checking account. And he, um, he was coming up with these elaborate lies because he, because I knew he had a drug problem. I had told his family. So he told everyone that I had been cheating on him and that's why we separated. So, um, he signed me up for an account with this cheat, this like cheating website. I guess it's a, a website for cheaters. So um, I had received this email on Christmas Eve and it said, thank you for joining. And I'm like, I didn't join anything. <laughs> and, and when I opened the email, um, it was a, a website for people who were looking to cheat on their spouse. So, well, yeah. So um, that, was, that was the last straw for me. 
I said, this person is not changing. This is not someone who, you know, wants to change or is seeking forgiveness. I said, that's it. I'll, I'll be filing for a divorce after the holidays. And I did. And then did you start, Ethan, did you start having a closer relationship with God at that point in your life? Did you, as you started to kind of remove some of the bad influences that were there? Uh, you know, I was in such a bad way, just emotionally and mentally. Um, but I was trying. I just, I didn't really know how to get there. You know, I never read the Bible as a kid. You know, I, I mean, I would listen to it obviously on church at church when we would go, but I never really. I had a Bible on my bedside, but never opened it. So um, I prayed, but didn't exactly understand. You know what that meant. So I, I was doing the best that I could, um, and I still made mistakes. You know, I still did plenty of things that I shouldn't have. After, you know, things that just didn't honor God, even though I, I even though I wanted to get closer to Him, I just. I made a lot of excuses for myself and, and my behavior. I really was just kind of ignorant, to be quite honest with you. Mm. I didn't really know what the Bible said. And and because of that, I just still was making some bad choices. And during that time, was there a, a turning point? Like, Did you meet somebody in your life and you eventually wanted to turn around? Or or how did you eventually find solace in your faith? So, um, so I met my, my now husband. Um, I met him in New Jersey. And things just started to happen um really you know we just very quickly we we liked each other and he was very just kind and supportive um he wasn't very spiritual um but i didn't realize that that you know that was even a thing like that mattered at the time i just wasn't at that point yet but um he he wanted to move to texas he was um retiring and he wanted to move to texas and i said you know what i'm gonna go with you uh, my dad had passed away so um you know, I thought it was time for maybe some change. And so when we moved to Texas, that's when my faith really blossomed. And I mean, for anyone who's ever been to Texas, I mean, you can, there's a, there's a church um, on every other block. You go into stores and there's Christian music playing. Um, I remember being at a, a chamber of commerce uh, meeting and they prayed before they ate. And I was like, what is going on here? Like it, it, was, it just, it just blew me away. So I was really surrounded by people who were a lot of Christians, people who were very faithful, who knew the Bible. And it, it was like God was just putting these people in my path and they were really there to help me and guide me and, and move me forward. And while I was living in Houston, um, I started reading the Bible for the first time in my life. Um, I downloaded the Version Bible app and, you know, when I would go to work, I would listen to it when I had some time at home and I was just... I was really so enthralled by the Bible and and learning so much that I had never known before and praying more and, you know, just not there yet, but but getting there. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't attending a church at the time. Um, my husband, he he just kind of had a bad taste in his mouth for, about churches and he, he, he didn't want to attend a church. So that was kind of uh, inhibiting, I think, my growth a little bit. And then we, we moved to San Antonio, and when I moved here, I said, again, intention. I think intention is really is powerful, because if it's in with God, if it's within God's will, right, he's going to, everything is possible with him, right? He's going to make that happen. So I said, I have this intention that I want to start going to church. And when we moved here, I said that to my husband, and he was eh, a little hesitant about it. And uh, then like a week later, I received a flyer in the mail. It said, come to, to Church Unlimited. So I, I showed it to him. I said, hey, let's go. Let's, there's so many churches. I wouldn't even know how to pick one. But this flyer came in the mail. Let's go. And the first few weeks that we went, uh, we were kind of like, 
flies on the wall. We went in, we listened, and we left. And um, he actually got something out of it. You know, he thought it was really powerful, the messages. And it made us think, and it just, it started getting those those wheels turning for us. And I really think the power came when we we committed to, to going to this church every week. It was something that we wanted to do. It wasn't a chore. I didn't feel like I had to do it. I wanted to genuinely in my heart. Um, I enjoyed being there and listening to the word. Um, and it, you know, coming from a Catholic church, this non-denominational Christian church was very different. I don't know if you've ever been to a Catholic church before. I haven't. No, okay, yes. It's very uh, ritualistic, you know, um, kind of know what to expect. And, um, we, you know, this church was, it's non-denominational and there was 30 minutes of like a concert to start. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. I, you know, I'm having fun. It's, I'm worshiping God. I, I didn't re even realize that was a thing. Yeah. It just, we loved it. And, and we, you know, we kept going and, and then they were asking if we wanted to volunteer. So that was like, I said, oh my gosh, my husband's never going to want to volunteer. We already spend an hour here every week. And, you know, now if we volunteer every week, it's going to be like another hour and a half. I can't imagine him spending two and, two and a half to three hours at church. And um, he agreed to me. You know, he agreed that we could do that. And I was shocked. But we really started to develop relationships at church. And this, we, we started connecting with people, you know, other believers. And, and I think it's important to surround yourself with other believers, right? So joining that church really became so powerful for us um, and volunteering and just being involved. And the pastor at the end of every service, he said, if you've never given your life to Christ, I invite you to do so now. And I had never heard that before. So I was like, what is that about? And again, it's about intention. So I said, I don't, I said, God, I don't really know what this means right now exactly. Um, but I want to give my life to you, right? I really want to be closer. And, um, you know, he said, he said, I can say this little prayer and I, and I repeated it out loud and I said, God, sh show me the way I really have this intention to be closer to you. But at that moment, I, I accepted him as my Lord and savior. And, I, you know, I also had that intention to be baptized and, um, found out a couple months later that they were having that, that baptism Sunday. And, um, I went and I was so emotional that whole day. And it was it was beautiful. I had been baptized already, you know, as a as an infant, but this time it was my choice, and it was it was really special. You know, there was nobody was there but my husband. I wasn't dressed in you know a, a little frilly dress like I was as a kid, and we didn't have a party afterward. But it really meant something to me because I had this desire to be closer to God. You know, and it was just it was so beautiful. And baptism is an amazing thing, right? It's that proclamation of faith in front of your peers that say, I believe in him. I, you know, I accept him. He's always accepted me, but I accept him. It, it's a very powerful experience. I actually didn't get baptized until maybe I was 31, 32. Uh, waited a really long time. I always been a Christian, but I just, for whatever reason, either, I mean, I probably got the opportunity, but I always say I didn't get the opportunity and I was a kid and just bouncing around everywhere. But when I did it in my thirties, right. And then you're right. It's about that intention of when you do it, it is a very powerful and profound experience when you go through it in your book, right? So throughout your book, you mentioned the difference between claiming to know God and truly knowing him. How would you describe this distinction based upon your personal experience? Yeah, it's a really great question. And I think until you experience it, you really don't know that there's even a difference. So when I was younger, I, I claimed to be Catholic. I, you know, yes, I believed in God. And 
And I did, you know, I, I did believe that there was a God, but the difference was once I accepted I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I accepted what he did for me on the cross. My life just changed. I, I was different. I wasn't that same person anymore. Um, and it's really because it's it's all about God right now and what he wants me to do. And I just, I felt different inside. So things that I used to do just weren't sitting with well with me anymore. Um, you know, like listening to certain songs that were vulgar and appropriate that I didn't even think, you know, twice about years before i said oh this this hurts me it doesn't feel right it just it doesn't sit well with me and i describe it as kind of peeling back layers and it was a little it was a little hard um it was hard for me to do and i think a little odd for people to accept because they were like wait they have me in this one box right they know me as this one person and now all of a sudden oh i don't do those things anymore you know oh i can't watch that movie or that's i don't want to listen to that song anymore and you know, I'm my family's still in New Jersey, so my husband really saw more of it because I, you know, like we'd be in the car and a song would come on that we we love, and I'd say, "I'm going to change it." And he was like, "What do you mean? Like, I don't understand." He, you know, he didn't really, he wasn't understanding where I was coming from, um, you know, or he would curse, and I'm like, "Please don't do that. It just, it hurts me." And, and I, he would he would say, "That's so weird, right? Like, I don't understand." But it was just that now that I had that the Holy Spirit with me, I just. There was just certain things I couldn't do anymore. I didn't want to do. I couldn't do, um, and it's just because they don't they don't feel right anymore. You know, when you when you really accept Jesus, all those kind of old things don't matter anymore, and they fade away. And I didn't even know that that I could feel this way. You know, before I didn't really understand what that meant. Yeah, that's that's an incredible explanation. Thank you for sharing that with me, right? So in your journey, right, you've experienced what I would say is profound loss and, and really an incredible rebirth. How has your journey reshaped your understanding of God's love and purpose for your life? You know, what I want really matters less now. It's really what God wants. And, and you know, part of, and that's not to say that I don't get what I want as well, right? But my focus is on God every every day. I focus on him. I pray. Uh, I read the Bible. I listen to to worship music. I try to talk about him to people, and it really just has changed my life. I see things through a different lens. So, sorry, can you just give me a minute? So, so what I want really doesn't matter as much anymore. And I know that's kind of hard for people to understand because we're in such a a self driven society, right? It's all about our success and you know, achieving our goals and, and dreams. And it's not that I don't have dreams or goals, but they're just, they're defined by God now. And, you know, when I, this book, really it started out after I, I got divorced. And, but it was more of like a, a self-help book. You know, like I wanted to help women who, you know, maybe were in similar situations and I wanted to help them get out of it and, and or maybe not even make the same mistakes I did. And I really was writing it with a lot of resentment and anger. And so I started it maybe about five, longer than that, six years ago, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I put it down and, you know, maybe I would pick it up here and there and write a little bit. But then when I moved to Texas, um, I really got, I get, again, a nudge. I always say a nudge and, and that's just how it feels. It almost feels like a little kind of like push to me um, to start writing again. And I, and I did, I started writing again. And I would stop, you know, I would pick it up. It was like on and off, I would write. 
but I always came back to it. And I really attribute that to God just saying, hey, I, I want you to write, right? And I wanted to be obedient. I, so I kept doing it. And I realized that one, he was doing it for my own good because writing down what happened was so therapeutic to me. You know, I had never seen a counselor after our divorce and I probably needed one. You know, I, I just wanted to move on, but I didn't realize I really had to, I had some healing to do. And at times writing and reliving the past, it was, it was painful and it was hard and I would cry a lot and it seemed so counterproductive, but I kept doing it because I felt like God was pushing me. And, um, and it was, it turned out to be a good thing for me. Um, I, I really got past a lot of issues that I had that I didn't even realize were there. And, and when I, the book wasn't done though, which is the beautiful part, right? So I wrote my story, um, which is what happened and, you know, with my ex-husband, but then part two was kind of just living itself out. And that was, gosh, about two years ago. That was just kind of living, you know, coming to fruition. And it was really my journey to God, you know, um, how, yes, the divorce was that catalyst for my change, but how I really came to know God was, um, was really there. It, I was writing the book to glorify him. It really wasn't, it became less about me and my divorce and more about um, glorifying God because I have the this beautiful, amazing life today that I never even thought would be possible. You know, when, when I got a divorce, I thought, I'm never going to own a home again. I'm never going to get married. You know, I just kind of figured that those things were, they were not possible. I, I couldn't, I couldn't see how that would even be possible. You know, I, I lost money when I sold my house. I was broke. I was living with my parents for um, a few months before I can save enough rent, um, deposit down to get an apartment. And it just seemed like so many things were out of reach. So, you know, as I began to trust in God and put my faith in him, he just he just worked everything together for my good and really he turned that pain into a purpose you know so that purpose is the book um and the book it was really meant to to give him glory and it was it's really not about me and it is about about him it's it's my witness for God's love and, and mercy. That's an absolutely amazing story. You know, it, it's, I always kind of laugh at myself, right? Because it's amazing the things God pits in our path. If I reflected on this months, or maybe even closer to a year now, would I have a podcast? Absolutely not. I had no interest in doing it. I generally don't like talking to people that much. And God said, you know what? You need to do you need to do it. And I said, God, no, I really don't want to do that. And then I started going to school for ministry at, at Liberty University. And they had a class where you basically did a podcast and, and you had to kind of go through that experience. And I was like, well, that was okay, but I still really don't want to do it. And God kept pressing it upon my life to go through with it. And and, said, and it's been amazing, right? Like it's not, it hasn't been easy, but it's been a, a, an amazing journey to be able to talk to people like you and hear like these wonderful stories that you have to tell that glorify Christ through your experience. Uh, my personal background, Laura, is that I'm a retired law enforcement officer, right? So I've seen a lot of really bad things um, in my journey uh, through that career, but and I've seen it in all walks of life. There's always that light at the end of the tunnel. If we can trust in Christ and glorify him along the way, he, he can take us out of it, right? He came here for the sinners. 
That's what I always tell people. He came here for the sinners. If you weren't a sinner, he didn't really come here for you because you're already good. You're going to heaven. He came like me, right? That needed to be redeemed. That needed a perfect savior in our lives. And that's what your story really tells. And it's, I think it's so powerful. As, as you kind of look back, what words of encouragement would you like to offer my listeners who might be on a, a journey similar to yours? Uh, you know, I would say just trust. Trust in God. He, he will not fail you. And and really set an intention, you know, let him know what what you want, you know, what, what you intend, um, the relationship that you intend to have with him. Because I really found that was powerful. When I look back, I was always setting an intention. You know, I have an intention to be closer to you. I, I'm setting this intention that I want to be baptized. That, and, you know, it's, and it was amazing because it just, it all, it all played out, you know, the, the way I wanted because, because God saw my heart and, and he wanted the same things for me. Um, if I could share with my husband, it's it's pretty interesting because True. he wasn't he didn't really have a strong faith, and I struggle with that a little bit because I know the Bible says you should really pick someone right that that is of your same faith. True. And it was even though it was a little bit of a struggle to get him to start going to church because um, we we it would bring up some arguments and there was some conflict at times and instead of arguing with him i just prayed about it i said god i, I really i want alex to be closer to you too you know i i want it i want this to be part of our relationship so i stopped arguing and i let god take control you know so i just i prayed about it and we started watching uh the chosen together i don't know if you've ever seen that series. incredible show oh wow i mean it was life-changing. It really was. It brought Jesus to life for both of us. And he watched that show and it really, it changed him, you know, in, in conjunction with, you know, going to church and, you know, just seeing how my life was changing. Now he is actually attending Colorado Christian University and he's taking biblical studies. Wow. I mean, it's, and it's, people wouldn't believe it, you know, that how far we've come in just a, such a short time. And, it really just, I attribute that to intention and, and prayer and reading the Bible. What do you think he would say is his turning point? You know, he he had said to me uh, several times, you know, he's like, because he was a police officer as well, so he, he always thought of the, the worst in people. Uh, he was also in the military. Uh, he served a couple of tours in Iraq. So, so that was hard for him. I think he kind of had this mindset that, People are bad. There's a lot of darkness. But I really think it was my example because he would say, I really, I want what you have. You know, you, you just seem at peace. You know, you don't seem to get too upset about things and, and you just have this faith that things are going to work out. And he would say, I said, I want that. So, you know, I guess he was setting an intention as well. And, um, you know, going to church and then I think watching The Chosen were really, those were turning points for him. That's incredible. It's incredible. It's interesting he shares the same background as I do um, as we talk through that because I know so many law enforcement officers that have absolutely zero faith because they see the worst in humanity. And either you get to stand beside them and pray for them. I mean, I remember sitting down and, and preaching to prostitutes when I had them in handcuffs, right? Telling them that there was a better way forward. Um, but a lot of people don't do that, right? A lot of people just 
I'll rest you in another week when I see you out in the streets and have a good day kind of thing. So it's it's a very, very, very tough profession because you see the evil. You see the work that Satan's doing in society. And at, at times that's, that's really hard to overcome. But to me, um, just as a, a Christian man that walked similar paths, it's very encouraging to see what he's doing today. Um, it's really amazing. You have to keep me in the loop as he graduates and, and what, what he's going to do next with his life because I think that's going to be really encouraging as well. Yeah, thank you. I definitely will. It, you know, it's funny. Um, people keep saying that he's going to be a pastor and he's like, I don't want to be a pastor. I have no intention. You know, it's like, I would love to do like uh, missions. He's like, but I, I really have no intention. I said, listen, you don't know what God's going to call you to do. You know, you might not think you're equipped to do that, but if he does, then, you know, that's what we'll do. You know, we'll, we'll go wherever he calls us to go. And, and I think that's part of accepting God's will for us. You know, um, I never wanted to be an author. I, I never wanted to share my story with everybody. Um, I've always been a very private person. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. And and even, you know, speaking on podcasts, it's it's not really something I, I want to do. It's it's kind of hard for me. Um, but again, God just keeps nudging me and, and I and I want to be obedient because I love him and, and I know he has my best interest in mind and, and he has, you know, these beautiful plans for us. So um I know that I can't do it by myself, but I know that he'll give me the strength to do, you know, whatever he's calling me to do. So I just keep moving forward and, and listening and being obedient and know that, you know, he's going to provide me with whatever I need. That's amazing. And it's, it's really incredible. If you, as long as you walk God's path, the obstacles and the hurdles that he clears for you in order to achieve those goals is, is really remarkable, right? Like, and I, I kind of call back to my podcast. I, I knew nothing about any of this stuff and it's been like, I would say easy, right? Because I meet amazing people or like, you know, there's software out there that helps you edit. There's all kinds of mm -hmm. things. And it's been really, I've had different careers where you're like, I really want to do this, but God's like, that's not for you. And every step is almost impossible, right? Like it's like pushing a ball up the hill and it's very difficult. And with God, almost like pushing that ball down the hill, he's clearing those obstacles for you. So that is absolutely amazing. And thank you for recapping for me that, right? So looking at your current endeavors, could you highlight any ongoing projects or missions that re reflect your uh, spiritual journey? Yeah. So um, when I was writing the first book, you know, I say you know, God talks to everyone differently. Sometimes I get a vision. Sometimes it's just a thought that pops in my head. And uh, as I was working on that first book, he said, you, ha you have more books to come. So I said, really? I said, God, I didn't even want to write this first one. Now you're telling me I'm going to write more? <laughs> so uh, I said, okay, you, you let me know. And um, actually, while I was finishing up that first one, I started writing another one. And so that one is, I really want to focus on people who were like me, those lukewarm Christians, those people who say they know God, but really don't. Um, I kind of want to give them almost like, I want to open the door for them. So like, I think a book is a, is a good way to do that, you know, to give them some, you know, background on the Bible and give them some information on the Bible and, and kind of let them know where I came from and where I'm at, you know, and, and the realizations I kind of had along the way. So I'm working on that. And then also, you know, while I was coming into my faith, I always felt like I wanted some kind of journal. I wanted to, I wanted a, a kind of easy way to, you know, to pray and um, to read the Bible. And uh, I'm working on a journal now that, again, is, is kind of geared towards new believers, people who are not really sure where to start, but they, they want to do something. So, um, yeah, so I'm working on that book and working on the journal and, um, we're going to see, we're going to see what happens in a year from now when my husband finishes up. Um, 
the church we go to, we're, we're kind of getting more responsibilities. So we're going to be doing, I think they call it like a service coach. So we volunteer and we kind of lead our little, we have like a little huddle in between services. Mm-hmm. So um, the pastor wants us to kind of lead that and, you know, maybe share a, a, a Bible verse, discuss it, just, you know, like ministering, I guess, um, very informally. Uh, so we said yes to that. We just we just keep saying yes. Whatever God puts in our path, we just say yes. So uh, that's something else that you know I think could lead go somewhere. And um, I, I really love volunteering. So um, you know, again, I, I put that out there to God that I would love to you know do something more than what I'm doing now. I you know I do volunteer at the local food pantry and um, at this local teen center for kids who don't qualify for. Uh, to be in the foster care system so yeah we'll we'll see you know where that goes but right now it's definitely another book and a journal and um yeah we'll see if my audience members want to connect with you where can they go so um they can reach me on instagram um it's laura underscore um living by faith and then i actually also have a facebook group that i started uh, a couple years ago and it, it's really transformed. At first it was, um, I, I started it because I was getting into coaching and, you know, it was, it was more for business. And I found myself putting more, um, you know, Christian faith-based information on there. And, um, and then guys just said to me one day, you really need to make it more about that and less about anything else. So I changed the name of the group. And uh, so I have this group on Facebook. It's Renewed Women of Faith. And I just, you know, I share whatever comes my way, whatever I, resources that I find, I post on there. Um, if I post original stuff too, you know, by verses that I share. So um, I have that group as well. So um, it's just for women. Sorry, men. But um, <laughs> I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to give women a platform to, you know, to ask for prayers and to get little, you know, just little... Um, like a little stop for some faith, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just a place to go throughout their day there. They can kind of connect um, with God and other, you know, like-minded uh, faith-based women. Sure. That makes good sense. And I'm going to be getting your book, right? Cause I, I think you have a powerful story um, that I really want to connect with and recover to cover. I'm going to be super excited when your next one comes out. So you're going to have to keep <laughs> in the loop uh, when that gets released as well. Um, as we conclude today, right, what final message or words of encouragement would you like to offer our listeners? I would say to, to just trust in God, trust in trust in Him and His ways, you know, to, to be patient and wait on Him and His timing is, is perfect. Um, you know, setting, set, again, setting that intention you know, showing him that your heart is genuine and that you want to have this relationship with him. Um, I just, and this is the title of the book, you know, um, I just never imagined that my life could could be this good. And the difference is God, you know, so that's where the title came from, Better Than I Imagined. Um, I, I really, and it's not like every I have everything figured out, but I just have such a, just such a peace, you know, knowing that God loves me and he forgives me, um, and, and he's he's always there for me. You know, it, it's something that this world is is so chaotic and unstable, and and just to know that you know that God is so faithful and good uh, just really gives me a sense of peace and comfort. You know, and so many things don't even matter anymore. You know, um, because I know God. 
and I'm just I would say just you know just trust you know have some thing even if your life is not working out the way you planned um, just have some trust that he can he can change things and work things together for your good that's incredible thank you so much for sharing that and thank you so much for being on the show today Laura it's been truly incredible having you here thank you so much it was a pleasure appreciate you take care In today's Stare Narrative, we witness the profound impact of faith and the grace found in redemption. It calls upon us to abandon our wayward paths and realign with our Lord and Savior. Let this moment of reflection be guided by the words of the scripture. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. We are promised a grace that not only forgives, but renews. A grace that envelopes us with the warmth of His divine affection. As we conclude, I invite you to join me in a moment of prayer. Close your eyes, bow your heads with me, and let's reach out to our Lord and Savior. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you all the days of my life. You are my Lord and Savior. Amen. Remember, saying this prayer or any other prayer will not save you by itself. It is the genuine faith and conviction in your heart that God cares about you. The words are simply a way for you to express your faith and commitment to God. The true salvation experience comes from the truly believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, feeling remorse for your sins, and living a life that shows a commitment to following the teachings of Jesus. Thank you for joining me today. If this message resonated with you, I'd be honored if you consider subscribing. In the coming weeks, we'll connect with a host of fascinating individuals, and I eagerly anticipate the rich discussions ahead. Until we meet again, remain inspired, steadfast in faith, and let the gospel leave its indelible mark upon your soul.